Hello and welcome to the Feel It to Heal It podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Kelly, and I am a clinically trained therapist, emotional wellness and life coach, and healer. My mission is to help as many humans as possible feel safe to feel their feelings in order to create a life beyond their wildest dreams. Thank you for being here and let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Feel It to Heal It podcast. I am your host, Rachel Kelly, and today we are going to be tuning in to the topic of when our minds and bodies are not on the same page. So as always, let's take a few grounding breaths to settle into this moment wherever you are tuning in from. So sitting up nice and tall, rolling the shoulders up and back. Closing off the eyes and let's just take three deep breaths in. At your own pace. And maybe sigh out the last one. And just noticing how your body's feeling in this moment. Noticing any excess energy, maybe you want to shake out. I'm feeling very energized this morning, so I'm doing some shaking. All right, and when you're ready, you can start to slowly come back. Okay, so what do we mean by when our minds and bodies are not on the same page? Well, when we are rewiring the nervous system, our bodies are wired through our old nervous system wiring, which is survival mode, childhood. So you can think of inner child and your nervous system being in survival mode as one and the same, because when we are when we are children, our nervous systems have to be in survival mode at least most of the time because we are dependent on another human to survive. We can't survive on our own. So our nervous systems have to be more in survival mode. Now, of course, there are moments of relief from this when we feel held and supported and attuned to by our caregiver and we're just being rocked and cradled and our inner child is like, oh, I feel so supported and warm and just safe, right? And so, of course, there are so many beautiful moments of that too. And also, all of us had moments during childhood where we were not attuned to. This is all of us. It is not to blame our parents. It's not to shame our parents. It's literally just to normalize that even our parents had moments in their childhoods where they were not attuned to. What does attunement means? It simply means the parent is in tune with the child's emotion, which if you think about it, a mom or a dad or a caregiver has to take care of themselves right? So let's say they have to go potty (laughs) and the child is crying, right? Like just think about any moment where a parent can only do so much. So it's just understanding there are going to be moments where the child feels scared or the child feels sad because that's what children do is they feel all the emotions and they have to learn how to get their needs met. They have to learn, you know, okay, I got to keep crying until I get what I want. So this is just the nature of it. It's never a criticism. It's just the nature of it. And the more we accept that, the more that we can understand why all of us have 
childhood relational trauma or wounding or lack of attunement, whatever you want to call it, to process. So when our bodies are in that survival mode and we are doing this work, the work that I do with my clients, the work that I do on myself of continuing to help my nervous system get out of survival mode, out of its original wiring from childhood and into safety. And through that safety, that is where we can experience creating a life beyond our, beyond our wildest dreams, creating our dream life, creating anything that we want for our vision, creating in our lives towards our expansion. And there's going to be this relationship between the mind and body that sometimes can feel very confusing. I'm just laughing because I can think of so many times where I'm like, well, my mind is saying this, but my body is screaming this. And it's like so much of the time we try and bypass the body and we're like, well, yeah, we know this. So we're just going to go with what we know. And it's like, if only it were that simple, if only it were that simple, I'd be out of a job. <laughs> Probably not because we all need co-regulation, but Essentially, what this means is that there are going to be times where your nervous system is going to be stuck in that survival mode and your brain is going to say, but you're safe, but it doesn't make sense why you feel this way because you're safe. Why are you freaking out? Like think about a time when you felt anxious and you're, you know, maybe you had a panic attack or an anxiety attack and your friend is like, why the fuck are you feeling anxious? Like everything's fine. Calm down. Or maybe your partner says that. And your partner's like, what's going on? Like, why, why are you feeling that way? Which by the way, if your friends or partners are shaming you for having a human response, it's just not very helpful. It would be more helpful to get curious. Like what's happening for you? Like, how can I support you in this? So if you've experienced this before, you've also experienced the shame that comes with having these strong emotional triggers when everyone else around you is feeling fine and you're like, what's wrong with me? Why is it just me? Let me tell you something. It's not just you. It triggers and trauma, they just show up differently for all of us. So one person might get triggered being in a crowded space. Another person might get triggered being in a deep ocean. Another person like me gets triggered at the idea of seeing a tarantula because well, that's my biggest fear. It's past life trauma. I was killed by one in a past life. So that is my past life trauma coming into the present where I feel fear around this. Whereas my yoga teacher that I was talking to the other month, she wants to get one as a pet and she's not afraid of it at all. Right. So instead of making that mean something about me of like, oh, I'm so weird because this is my fear. It's like, let's get curious. And I did. And then I found out through a reading that that was my past life trauma. And that felt very validating of like, oh, there's a reason for it. Even if you did not have that reading or a way to find out the root of it, please know that there's always a root to it, always. So even if you feel crazy, or even if you're like, why does this affect me and not other people, there's a root for it, whether it's past life trauma that is stored in your body, generational trauma, maybe a trauma from your mom or your dad or your grandparents, or your great grandparents, or your great, great grandparents. There is always a route for it and you are not crazy. Just have to preface it with that because oftentimes our minds can gaslight our bodies and be like, why are we feeling this way? Why are we crazy? You're not crazy. Now let's talk about what this looks like when we're actually rewiring out of 
scarcity and survival and into safety and expansion, what this looks like is oftentimes you're going to have to, okay, you guys know I'm a visual person. So this is the visual that just came up. Your mind is here and it's like one step ahead of you, of your body and your body's here. And it's like, your mind has to like gently bring your body along. <laughs> Do you guys like this visual? I just cracked myself up. Okay. If you guys are listening to this, you should check out the YouTube video to see this nice little hand motion. Anyway, <laughs> so it's like your, your mind has to be the gentle leader. Now, why might this be incredibly difficult to do is because when we get triggered, our prefrontal cortex, where that calm, grounded, clear thinking takes place, decision-making, executive functioning, like, oh, do this, do that. When we get triggered, our amygdala, this part of the brain gets triggered with a stress response. It goes into survival mode and imagine a flood, like the hurricane we were supposed to have in California that we never had. Imagine this part of the bot or this part of the brain flooding the whole body. My supervisor in grad school gave me this analogy and it always has resonated. And I love teaching it this way. He said, you have two systems. One is system one, which is your prefrontal cortex and the parts of your brain responsible for that logical, clear thinking. And then you have system two, which is your survival mode and your body. So what happens is when a trigger comes up, so I see a tarantula, I don't want to put that out there, but let's say that that is my personal trigger. That's my worst fear. And I'm thinking about maybe going for some exposure therapy because I don't want it to be my fear anymore. I want to fucking face all the fears and heal it so that I don't have to bring this trauma with me to the next lifetime. I want to just keep clearing the trauma now so that we can keep going to the next lifetime with less and less to heal. <laughs> That's my game plan. So let's say for you, your trauma is someone judging you or someone misunderstanding you, whatever your biggest fear is, whatever happens where something happens in your body goes, like it tightens, it contracts. Like I can think of someone just saying something really invalidating and I'm like, like it just contracts. It doesn't do it as much anymore because I've done a lot of healing around it and it still happens. So when you notice that contraction, when you notice that trigger, that is your body going into survival mode. So trigger happens, body goes into survival mode. Now, when we are healing the triggers and the trauma, now this is the art form of healing. I love describing it as an art form because it is an art form. And this is why I was telling my mentor yesterday, I was like, this is why we can so easily get stuck in this loop of perfectionism when it comes to healing. Like my perfectionism would come out so strongly in my healing because it was like, oh, I'm supposed to, you know, be aware of it, but I'm not supposed to make it mean anything about me, but I'm also supposed to be aware. Like, it's like all these things and it really is an art form, but it's not about being perfect. There's literally no such thing as being perfect. Like it's literally made up construct that fucks us all over in our brains literally who even made it up it's like who knows it's just fake it's not even real 
Anyway, so what happens is when we are healing trauma, our goal is to show our bodies and our nervous systems that we are safe to be in the present. So what does this look like? You're going to get triggered in the present, whether it's relational trauma or big T trauma or tarantula trauma or any other trauma that you have, your body's going to want to go into survival mode. And it's going to try and overpower that logical part of your brain. And you have to be the one to lead your body back to safety. And that's why it's so, I don't want to say hard because everything, any choice is hard. You have to choose your heart. I want to say that it can be challenging to do, especially at the beginning of your healing journey. Because you literally have to tell your body, I'm safe, even though your body is screaming at you, I don't feel safe, I don't feel safe, I don't feel safe. And then your mind has to come back to the present to show it that it's safe and that that trigger is historical. So what do I mean by historical? It's getting triggered. It's going into survival mode because something in the present is triggering that childhood wound, that childhood moment of not feeling safe, that childhood experience, that childhood trauma, that childhood attachment wounding, whatever it might be, it's triggering that from childhood. It's triggering a moment where you did not feel safe. It doesn't even matter if you can't remember this. I have clients tell me all the time, but I can't remember my childhood. You don't need to remember your childhood. Your body remembers everything for you. So you don't need to remember it. All you need to know is every time you get triggered in the present, oh, this is something from childhood, a moment where I did not feel safe. This is little me. This is the younger part of myself that is not feeling safe right now. And so then you have to imagine present day adult you bringing little you back to the present because she's getting stuck in the past where this scary thing happened. And again, a scary thing could be something as simple as your parent didn't look at you. Like we think of trauma as this big, big thing. And yes, there is big T trauma. There is big trauma. And there are, my mentor always describes it as like little paper cuts, right? Like relational trauma is like little paper cuts, like that add up. And so every time something pours salt in that paper cut, it's like, ooh, right? That can be a trigger. So it can be super something simple, like the way that someone says something or someone is like, you feel like they're judging you, that can be a trigger. And so your adult self has to be able to recognize, Ooh, this is little me. What is she needing to come back to safety in the present moment? And that's why oftentimes it can feel like our brains and our bodies are not on the same page because your body's like, I'm fucking scared. And your brain's like, but you don't have anything to be scared of. You're safe. And it's like, but I'm scared. So the more that you can understand that it's not that anything in the present moment is actually scary. And if it is, then you'll know, right? Like you'll absolutely know your body will a thousand percent go into survival mode. It will always do its job because that's what it's brilliant at doing. What it's not so brilliant at doing is understanding when there's a false threat compared to a real threat. So let's say someone judges us and we're like, oh my God. And then our bodies go into survival mode, not understanding that that actually isn't threatening our survival in the present the way that maybe it would in childhood. Because what happens if someone judges you in childhood? 
there's that risk of abandonment. Oh, they're stupid. I don't want to be their parent. I'm going to leave them. We hope this wouldn't happen, but this actually happens. So when you can bring your body back to the present and say, oh, this is just historical and I don't need to be in survival mode. And the biggest piece of this that I want you to take away, if you're going to take away one thing from this right now, the biggest piece to take away is we cannot bring ourselves back to the present and bypass the very real emotion that's getting triggered from that historical place, that historical wound. So what might this look like? Something gets triggered, we have fear come up, our body tries to go into survival mode rather than allowing that fear to drive the behavior and then going into survival mode and like running into a cave to hide. It's, oh, I'm recognizing that this is historical. I'm recognizing that this is little me. I can't bypass this emotion because the trigger will just continue to come up and up and up and up because that is all of the stored pain and emotion that your little self in that little cute little body of little you, (laughs) that is how much emotion was stored in that little body. And so now in your big adult body, it comes up and if you keep ignoring it, it's re-traumatizing little you of, oh, we're still not safe to feel this emotion. We're still not safe to get our needs met. Part of reparenting the inner child is holding space for the emotion that gets triggered in the present moment that is from that historical place. So you're finally giving little you a space and holding and safety to process and be held in that emotion. So for example, if you get triggered and there's fear, but you rationally know in your mind, like, okay, I'm safe. That is a beautiful opportunity to slow down and be with the emotion. Okay. I feel really fear. I feel really scared right now. Uh, Where do I feel this fear in my body? Oh, I feel it in my chest. What does it feel like? My chest is tightening. It feels like I can't breathe. Okay. I'm going to deepen my breath and just allow the sensation to be here. I'm just going to allow the emotion to be here and I'm going to feel it. I'm going to feel what it feels like in my body. That's literally why this podcast is called Feel It to Heal It, because we literally have to feel it and we will spend our entire lives running away from feeling. And that is why we suffer. Bring any problem that you're having to me on this live. And I will tell you it's because of avoidance of emotion. You're arguing with your partner. Oh, it's because you're both avoiding emotions and you're not actually able to communicate your emotions because you're not even feeling them. You're not even sure what's happening. So your inner child are just bickering. Boop, 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 boop. Or on the other hand, maybe you are feeling the emotion. Maybe you're feeling really angry and that's why you have conflict, right? So that could be the other end of it is like, maybe you actually are feeling that emotion and that's a beautiful thing and you're going to have conflict and that's part of a healthy relationship. When anyone tells me they don't argue with their partner, I'm like, bullshit. And if they really don't, I'm like, okay, well then you guys are both seriously repressing some shit because any close human relationship is going to have conflict. It doesn't have to be this toxic, dramatic conflict, but conflict meaning you're two human beings that have emotions that show up. And when those emotions get triggered, you might have an emotional response. So you notice where the emotion is in your body. You notice it. 
you feel it, you spend some time with it, you imagine like, what is little me needing right now? Maybe she's needing a back rub. Maybe she's needing holding. Maybe she's, I'm doing this for some reason. Maybe she's needing a scratch on the back. <laughs> I remember when I was little and my aunt would always um, hug us and she would like scratch her backs while, we, while she was hugging us. And it felt so comforting. So imagining like, what is little you needing? You can also do like a little butterfly tapping. This helps mimic the heartbeat of your mom, like being held near your mom. I just imagine holding my inner child. You can imagine talking to them. You can imagine, you know, what, what did they need to hear back then? You can write them a letter, or even if you can't connect your inner child, that historical emotion that's getting triggered, that is your inner child. So you are connected to her. And as long as you allow space to feel that, you are giving her that reparative experience. But the second that you take that emotional response and then project it onto someone or avoid it or run away from it, little you is still not getting their needs met. They're like, hello, why isn't anyone like listening to how I'm feeling? So even when your mind is like, nope, we're not going there. It doesn't feel safe to feel that emotion. You have to be the gentle leader of your body. You have to hold your feet to the fire, as my mentor always says. And you have to be the adult version of you that comes in, even when it feels like you're going to die and know that you're not going to die and feel it anyway. And of course, we titrate the experience of this. We don't feel all of our childhood trauma in one moment, right? Like that would literally put our nervous system into shutdown mode. Shutdown mode. Yeah. Are there any questions so far? I'm going to take a sip of my tea. You guys let me know if any questions are coming up, how this is all landing for you, if you need clarification on anything. Anything you want me to elaborate on? Okay, so let's see. Is there anything else that I want to share on this topic? I think the biggest thing coming through is just that when you are doing this healing work, you're going to have to fight your body on it sometimes, meaning your body is going to want to go to all the old ways of being, all the old behaviors that help you numb the emotion. So my behaviors have always been just staying busy and leaking energy and grasping onto people and just kind of being scattered. It's been... uh chocolate, sugar, food, TV. And so when I know that those urges to engage in those behaviors are back, I know it's because there's fear that I'm avoiding feeling. And these things are so sneaky and so subtle. So please be so gentle with yourselves. But also I encourage you to be so radically honest because the more radically honest you can be with yourself, the more you can actually get curious from a lens of, I love myself so much that I want to feel safe in my body. I love myself so much that I want to feel safe to release these addictive behaviors. And when you look at it from a place of self-love rather than punishing yourself, you open up a whole world of healing. So when you're actually able to hold yourself accountable and say, no, even though my body is feeling fear and wants to run to the addictive behaviors, my mind knows that this is just fear and I can be with it and I can get still with myself and I can breathe and I can be with the emotion. 
And that's what trauma healing is all about is having the nervous system and the mind catch up and be on the same page where I feel safe and my mind is telling me I'm safe or my mind is telling me I'm not safe and I don't actually feel safe. And that's all present. Trauma is I don't feel safe, but you're actually safe. That's trauma. So healing trauma is I'm safe. I know I'm safe and I feel safe because most of us, when we're experiencing triggers, we're like, well, we're, I know I'm safe, but I don't feel that way. You have to process the historical to be able to bring your body back to the present. So I think we will end there. Let me know if you guys have any questions, any comments, any thoughts, any feelings, and your homework from this episode, from this live, if you're watching on Morning Tea Live, your homework is next time a trigger comes up and you notice your mind wanting to gaslight your body of like, but we're fine, we're fine. Why are you acting like this? Da, 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 da. I want you to get still. I want you to breathe. I want you to take time to feel the emotion. I want you to understand that it's historical. So it makes total sense why you're feeling that way. Even if nothing is happening in the present, something is always happening in the present. It's triggering. And then I want you to, after you feel the emotion, I want you to then bring your body back to the safety of this present moment, anchoring to the, the safety. Okay, I am safe. I'm not being abandoned. I'm not being you know, threatened, I am safe. And the more you can do that, the more that your mind and body will continue to be on the same page. You know how I knew that I was healing when my dreams went from nightmares. I used to have nightmares about fear, men chasing me down streets because <laughs> I, I was raised being very careful as a woman in our society. Like, oh, never wanted, you know, me to become a victim, which love my parents for that. And also it instilled a lot of fear in me. So I had nightmares, nightmares about men chasing me, nightmares about my loved ones getting shot, uh, nightmares about tarantulas, nightmares about all of my biggest fears. Now my dreams are just on the present, which is so wild to experience. Like I've never had that before. Like I've never had a dream that's just simply based on like what's happening in the present. Like I just went through a friend breakup and I've had three dreams about this friend because it's present. It's my body is releasing. My body is processing. My mind is doing that as I'm sleeping. Which is why sometimes when we wake up and we're like, wow, we could still sleep. We're not fully rested. It's like, sometimes our mind is doing some deep healing work in our sleep. Our bodies are detoxing. Our minds are processing fear. Like we are never fully asleep, I think until we're dead. And then even then I'm pretty sure when you're dead, you're still just like living your best life, but just in the spirit realm. So anyway, we rest when we can. <laughs> and what was I going to add with that? Um, yeah, just that your dreams are a beautiful indicator of that. So looking at, you know, what your dreams are telling you, if they're based on fear or if they're, um, based on more current stuff, I mean, don't get me wrong. I did have a recent dream about tarantulas, but that's only because the fear has been feeling more strong this week. Not exactly sure why, but I think it's the universe telling me that it's time to face the fear. And I'm like, I feel that I want to, but I got to 
got to figure out how I'm going to do that. I might look into exposure therapy. Um, the clinic I used to work out, we would do, I wouldn't do it because I wasn't trained in it, but they would do formal exposure and the facilitator actually used tarantulas as an example, because that was her biggest fear. And she said she went through this whole exposure and she didn't have the fear anymore. <laughs> I also have a friend who offered to take me to pet kingdom and just go with me there and look at one because apparently they're there, which is like 10 minutes from my house. So we're going to figure out a way to face this fear. So enough about that. And just remember that your homework is when you get triggered, you're going to bring your body back to the present by sitting with the fear, sitting with the emotion that's getting triggered, allowing it to move through your body, and then reshifting what feels safe right now. What can you anchor to safety? And the more that you can release that fear, release that pain, the more your nervous system and your body will be caught up to the present day. All right. So let me know if you guys have any questions and stay tuned. If you are not on my email list, an email went out today and then another email is going out Friday. I'm announcing two offers. One is brand new. This is for someone who's been wanting to kind of dip their toes into this work without doing a full dive. So like a full dive would be my one-on-one -on -one program. That's the highest level of support. It's the highest investment but this offer is going to be a way to dip your toes and kind of get into my world in a little bit more of a, um, yeah, just like a more private exclusive way of getting a little bit more individualized attention while still, I don't want to give away too much. Wait till Friday. And then the second offer on Friday will be one of my um, programs that is already in existence and she is opening up again for her third third round of enrollment so check your emails on fridays uh on this friday you will be the first to know if you're on my email list you will always be the first to know before the public um so you'll have the first chance to jump in and ask any questions and i'm so excited i love you all so much oh and i'm heading to hawaii on saturday to do some content for the next round of the men's group. So if you are a man listening to this and you want support, the next uh, round of Real Men Heal, our three month group coaching program is opening very soon. So stay tuned for that and follow along my Hawaii adventures. I'm not going to Maui where the fires were, I'm going to the big island. So I will be staying with my men's group co-leader and I'm so, so excited. I haven't been to Hawaii uh, since eighth grade. Yeah. And it was great. There was some traumatic news that I got about a boy passing away in my grade. Um, so that's one of my main memories from Hawaii. So hopefully this trip, we will have no trauma, no bad news, and it'll just be pure fun. <laughs> All right, guys, I love you so much. DM me with any needs, any questions. Thank you for being here. Thank you for taking time for yourself and breathe. You are safe. You are loved. You are worthy. You are capable and powerful of creating anything that you desire, literally anything. Nothing is out of reach. So keep leaning into what you desire. Have fun. Thank you so much. I love you all. And I will talk to you soon. I don't think there will be morning tea next week because I, well, maybe I'll decide if I want to do it from Hawaii. TBD, TBD on next week's morning tea live. Love you.